0: Kansas City marking one year since lockdown, plus opening the floodgates to vaccines in both states. What does that mean for our seniors and those at risk who still haven't had their shots? Plus, no jab, no job. Kansas working to prohibit employers from requiring workers be vaccinated. And we have a blunt conversation. Is Mayor Lucas in or out? And is a disgraced former governor the man to beat? Week in
1: Review is made possible through the generous support of Dave and Jamie Cummings, Bob and Marlies Corley, the Courtney S. Turner Charitable Trust, John H. Mize and Bank of America N.A. co-trustees, and by viewers like you. Thank you.
0: Welcome, everyone. It is great to be back after an exhaustive membership drive separated us for a few weeks. This half hour, we dissect the week's top stories and some of the big stories we missed while we were away. Up for the challenge is Mr. Up to Date on KCURFM, Steve Kraske, 41 Action News investigative reporter Kat Reed, the editor of the Cole newspaper, Eric Wesson, and from the pages of your Kansas City Star, DAVE HELLING. NOW, A YEAR AGO THIS WEEK, LIFE AS WE KNEW IT BEGAN TO CHANGE. THIS SUNDAY MARKS THE ANNIVERSARY OF A STAY-AT-HOME ORDER IN KANSAS CITY THAT WOULD SHUT DOWN ALL BUT ESSENTIAL BUSINESSES. SCHOOLS WOULD CLOSE INDEFINITELY. THIS WEEK, OUR METRO'S LOCAL LEADERS GATHERED AT UNION STATION TO REMEMBER.
2: THERE ARE MANY WHO LOST THEIR LIVES TO THIS VIRUS. WE WILL NOT FORGET YOU. AND I WOULD ENCOURAGE ALL OF OUR RESIDENTS, GET VACCINATED. IT WILL MAKE A DIFFERENCE.
0: Behind the speakers is a wall of remembrance where you can leave a note it 's going to be at Union Station for the next two weeks. The notes will then be archived by the Kansas City Library for historic purposes. By the way, this press conference taking place in the very same spot our metro leaders gathered a year ago when they told you to stay home it 's strange looking back. many of us thought we would shut down for just a few weeks the Kaufman Center for the Performing Arts. I was looking back from a press release from them that said they would cancel performances but only until April first the Nelson SAYING IT WOULD BE CLOSED FOR THREE WEEKS OTHER THAN THE LENGTH OF THIS LOCKDOWN STEVE KRASKE WHAT HAS BEEN THE AREA WHERE THAT YOU REALLY DIDN'T ANTICIPATE WOULD HAVE HAPPENED OVER THIS PAST YEAR YOU KNOW I THINK THERE'S
3: A, a burgeoning SENSE HERE NICK IN RECENT DAYS THAT A uh, NEW SCHOLARSHIP ON THE IMPACT OF THE VIRUS in, IN TERMS OF STATES THAT CRACK DOWN REALLY HARD WITH TOUGH MASK MANDATES CLOSING BUSINESSES It seems like in some cases they didn't fare all that much better in terms of the numbers of people infected, the numbers of deaths uh, compared to states that didn't crack down very hard. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, for instance, now being hailed as as an example of a governor who did it right. And he was ridiculed early on by late night talk show hosts for doing very little when it came to mandates and, and shutting things down. So we're still learning a lot about this
0: virus even today. Eric, what about for you? What was the thing that you most, you certainly did not anticipate beyond the length of this lockdown?
2: I didn't anticipate how it would affect businesses in the manner that it did. And, and the length of it, of course, but it kind of redefined lives for so many people. You think about it uh, in the black community, one of the uh, prize times that you have is Easter, Mother's Day. ALL OF THOSE EVENTS WERE CANCELLED WE THOUGHT WELL MAYBE WE'LL GET BACK ON TRACK FOR THE 4TH OF JULY and WE CAN START HAVING FAMILY REUNIONS AND THAT DIDN'T HAPPEN EITHER SO I THINK THE IMPACT THAT IT HAD ON OUR EVERYDAY LIVES EVEN GOING TO CHURCH ON SUNDAY HAS BEEN MORE THAN I DON'T THINK ANYBODY COULD HAVE ANTICIPATED
0: AND Kyrie, WE ALSO SAID IN THOSE VERY FIRST w- FEW WEEKS WOW CRIME IS SUBSTANTIALLY DOWN This is actually having one knock-on positive effect. We're not seeing murders. We're not seeing all of these other problems. That quickly changed.
1: Yeah, of course, we did begin to see see crime, which honestly didn't surprise me because I, I figured the people who are perpetrating crime in our community would not necessarily listen to stay home, you know, lockdown orders. But one thing that I think is really kind of surprising to this day is just how fundamental the change has been in our lives. There are things that we did a year ago that we just said this is always the way it's going to be. And they're simple things like salad bars and self-serve coffee and there are these things that we experience that we will probably never see again things that you know were just parts of normal life in addition You know, I now have nightmares sometimes about leaving the house without a mask. So it's that, you know, reaching for the mask every day that's so totally different and has really been ingrained in us over the past year.
0: And you think, Dave, you know, we haven't had you in the studio for an entire year. We've been now doing it virtually, transforming the way we've done television.
4: Right. Two things that I think I learned. First, we really do know who the essential workers are. They're the people at the grocery store, the people in the um, nursing home or at the hospital or the doctor's office. I mean, those folks had to keep working in person during the entire year of the pandemic. And our debt to them is absolutely enormous. We can't forget that. The other thing I think we've learned is how many holes there are in sort of the hierarchy of authority when an emergency like a pandemic hits. Is it the mayor? Is it the governor? Is it the president? Is it the city council, the health director? We don't know. And what we ended up with was a lot of arguments over who gets to decide and how we have to respond on masks, closures, Uh, YOU KNOW WHETHER WE CAN GATHER OR NOT GATHER WE REALLY NEED TO RE-EXAMINE THAT STRUCTURE SO THAT THERE ARE CLEAR LINES OF AUTHORITY THE NEXT TIME A PANDEMIC HITS
0: IF THE NEXT TIME A PANDEMIC HITS STEVE WOULD WE BE ABLE TO DO THE KIND OF BUSINESS CLOSINGS AND OTHER CHANGES TO SOCIETY THAT WE SAW IN KANSAS CITY BECAUSE WE HAVE BILLS IN KANSAS AND MISSOURI THAT WOULD MAKE IT MUCH TOUGHER FOR PUBLIC HEALTH OFFICIALS TO REQUIRE BUSINESSES TO CLOSE FOR LOCAL MAYORS AND SCHOOL BOARDS RIGHT
3: Well, I think no question about it, Nick, that is an enduring lesson from this pandemic. There's going to be a lot more reticence going forward if there is a next time, God forbid, that something like this comes down the pike. Uh, I think lawmakers, city officials will be really hesitant to go too quickly, too fast. You know, having said that, Nick, you've got to cut public officials a slack because you go back a year ago We can play armchair quarterback all we want. But a year ago, we didn't know what we were doing. We didn't know what we had on our hands. I think public officials were really stumbling around in the dark trying to get their arms around what this meant for all of us and how to keep people safe. And I think a lot of politicians reverted back to their natural party affiliations democrats more inclined to go with tough restrictions republicans uh, more likely to be uh, less restrictive and that's where they wound up here but i have a hard time being too critical given the mystery that this this virus really turned out to be
0: mayor lucas was telling kcur news this week looking back at the year what was what was the biggest uh, regret that he had and it was uh, the fact that he waited so long to impose a mask mandate, Kat Reed. Yet he was the mayor. I mean, that took place in June, by the way. The CDC was saying, you know, recommending those in April. What stopped him?
1: Well, I think, first of all, there was a hope that people would choose to wear masks to protect other people without having to mandate it. Um, but also, you know, it's a was a pretty big decision to make and you saw the political backlash personal backlash he faced i mean someone sent him a message saying they wanted to see him hanging from a tree after he put in the mask mandate so there was a tremendous price and a lot of a lot of backlash for making that move
0: The big push now, of course, is to get as many people as possible vaccinated. Arrowhead Stadium, the epicenter of a mass vaccination event this week, hoping to make a big dent in waiting lists for the shot. Missouri vastly expanded the numbers of people who are eligible for the vaccine this week. Teachers, child care employees and grocery store workers can also get the shot now. And so can critical infrastructure workers. Well, what does that mean? According to the state, it's government employees, communication workers, those who work in information technology, the dam sector. Yes, there is such a thing. THE ENERGY SECTOR AND IN FOOD AND AGRICULTURE JOBS THESE ARE HUGELY BROAD JOB CATEGORIES COULDN'T MOST PEOPLE ERIC CLAIM THEY WERE IN ONE OF THOSE AREAS AND GET THE SHOT AT THIS POINT
2: YES THEY COULD BUT ONE OF THE THINGS THAT'S REALLY KIND OF Bothering and annoying. We got this thing with the herd immunity, and so many people from each uh, segment of people or race of people need to get the shot. But down the street at the Negro Leagues Museum, we're, we live in an area that's probably 97 percent black, and the Negro Leagues Museum started giving the vaccines. Probably 95 percent of the people going in there taking the vaccine are white. If you look at uh, Reverend Modest Miles Church at Morning Star. You know, that area is probably 98 percent black as far as homeowners and residents. But the people getting the shots and the vaccines are 95 to maybe even some days 100 percent
0: black. So why, 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 why is that then? Because I thought there was a big push now to make sure that underserved communities, there was going to be a major effort to make sure they were vaccinated, including at the Negro League Baseball Museum, where you didn't have to go through an online appointment system. You could just call and get an appointment.
2: I think that the biggest issue is that the black community, one, doesn't realize the significant in the herd immunity, and two, it's just they don't trust medical uh, technology and the people that are uh, administering it are doing a poor job of marketing it, I believe. I think uh, we're going to be a part of a marketing concept with us and the uh, St. Louis American two black newspapers to try to get black people engaged in going to get the vaccine. Even though it's available in their areas, doesn't mean that they're going to go take the shot. And Nick,
4: can but I that, throw this in quickly? Yeah. I- I think one of the biggest surprises of all to me is how resistant some people have been to the vaccine uh, after a half a million people have died across the country. And it isn't just the African-American community. In rural areas, there's a great reluctance, apparently, to take the shot. That's why you have so many unused vaccines in cities in the countryside, where people from Kansas City and other urban areas have to drive to actually get their shots. Um, you know, I think there will need to be real study after this over this is over, the vaccination part is over to understand why that is. But um, it's clear that Missouri's effort and to a certain degree Kansas's effort, TO VACCINATE PEOPLE HAS BEEN SUBSTANDARD. WE'RE CLEARLY IN THE LOWER THIRD OF STATES AND THE RATE OF VACCINATION. WE'RE SENDING LOTS OF VACCINE TO PLACES WHERE THEY DON'T NEED IT AND NOT ENOUGH TO PLACES WHERE THEY DO. Uh, I, I THINK WE NEED TO DO A REAL STUDY OF HOW WE MADE THESE DECISIONS AND
0: HOW WE CAN DO THEM BETTER GOING FORWARD. KANSAS NOW SPEEDING UP ITS VACCINE PROGRAM. STARTING MONDAY, MORE THAN HALF A MILLION KANSANS WILL GET THEIR FIRST OPPORTUNITY TO GET THE VACCINE.
1: WE'RE
3: DETERMINED TO GET EVERY KANSAN WHO WANTS TO BE vaccinated vaccinated as quickly as
0: possible so for the first time kansas on monday under the age of 65 with critical medical conditions like cancer heart problems and diabetes will be able to get the shot and kansas too is expanding the vaccine to critical workers including anyone in the food industry the transportation sector government communication workers is this big expansion though just going to make it tougher for those seniors who are still waiting to get their shot steve
3: you know, I think it might, Nick. Uh, KCUR did a story this week that reported that after two months of vaccinations, only 55% of Missourians 65 to 74 had received dose- doses, 42% of those 75 to 84, uh, 57% of those 85 and older. So a huge swath of seniors have not taken advantage of the early opportunity. Getting in now is going to be even tougher. I think we need to figure out exactly what happened here as well. Yep, Cat.
1: Yeah, in Kansas, there will be 600,000 more people eligible starting next week with the expansion into these phases. And I think we are hearing from some leaders a renewed push to help our senior citizens who cannot put their name on 10 different lists, who do not have Internet access, who aren't on Twitter. Um, and so I think that's one reason why you've seen, for instance, Wyandot County has been doing the walk-in clinics for some of our seniors, because really, this is a hard process to navigate. So so I do worry about the seniors who don't have some of the resources uh, that younger folks may have to, to get in line for the vaccine
0: before you rush out to Wyandotte County by the way you have to be a Wyandotte County resident to get them but kudos to Wyandotte County officials that has really the loosest restrictions now just walk into any of their facilities you can get the shot no appointment necessary let's make this easy but you have to be 65 and older that will change on Monday as they expand in Kansas as more of us of course are getting the vaccine have you noticed there are now companies that are not pro- not Profits RIGHT HERE WHO ARE REQUIRING YOU TO HAVE THE SHOT KANSAS LAWMAKERS ARE NOW TRYING TO STOP THAT FROM HAPPENING A BILL IN TOPEKA WOULD BLOCK BUSINESSES FROM REQUIRING WORKERS TO BE VACCINATED IN FACT COMPANIES COULD BE FINED IF THEY USED A WORKERS VACCINATION STATUS TO MAKE DECISIONS ON HIRING FIRING COMPENSATION BENEFITS PROMOTIONS OR LEAVE WHAT IS THE STATUS OF THAT DAVE
4: WELL I THINK THERE'S SOME SUPPORT FOR IT IT'S A VERY VERY DIFFICULT QUESTION NICK there is evidence that some businesses are telling employees don't come back unless you 've gotten a shot, and you can understand their concern not only for liability, whatever that turns out to be, but just they don 't want their employees getting sick or giving the disease to other folks in the room. so you can see that on the other hand, uh, there is a uh, an argument to be made that if your business can order you to get a shot, they can order you to stop eating french fries for lunch, that type of thing. So I do think there is a balancing act here uh, among businesses, as you and I discussed earlier, you know, school districts require kids to get shots before they can start class. So the idea that you can require inoculations is not that far off the map. But it's a difficult, difficult issue for business and for politicians. But should,
0: should you be deprived of a job, though, because you have a reluctance to what some people still say is an experimental drug? You know, it still it, it came into uh, distribution and development in a very short period of time, faster than any vaccine has come before, Steve.
3: Nick, I don't think that bill is going to pass. The chairman of the committee that where the bill is being heard has said he's not going to kick it out. Twenty-three states around the country looking at this kind of legislation. Nothing has passed anywhere. Even the Kansas Chamber of Commerce, Nick, is saying it doesn't want this legislation right now, but most uh, business owners saying they want the flexibility to put in a requirement if it's needed. I don't think this kind of legislation is going to happen this year.
0: Okay lucas okay let's move on from this uh will this be the week kansas city mayor quinton lucas makes up his mind mayor lucas says he's been meeting with family and close aides to decide whether he should be a candidate for the united states senate next year missouri senator roy blunt surprised many last week when he announced he will not seek reelection after serving 24 years in congress if lucas enters the race will he be able to keep his current job at the same time cat
1: well, he'd definitely be a busy man, but yes, he could still keep his current job. Although I had heard the concern that if he were to run and lose, it could raise some difficulties for a potential reelection for mayor in 2023. And that's a lot of campaigning back to back. And of course, if you're seeking national office, people might say, or statewide office rather, people might say, well, are you really committed to the city of Kansas City? So that is one consideration to be made.
0: Did it surprise you, Eric, that he said he was interested in this race? Yes, and he sent me a
2: text and explained what his position was. Um, It was just kind of surprising. I think he has a lot of things that he wants to accomplish. Yet as mayor, I don't see him actually running for it uh, because I think he hasn't done his checklist yet. But I will say this, Democrats are going to be at trouble trying to find somebody to fill that seat. But I would have one name that I would like to throw out as a possible candidate, although I know he wouldn't do it. Mayor Sly James, former Mayor Sly James. I think he's got great crossover appeal. I think that people in rural Missouri would uh, maybe come out of Republican stronghold areas and vote for him. Why
3: isn't isn't his name being mentioned then, Steve? I don't know what the issue would be there. I think Eric makes a a good suggestion. Sly James would be an appealing guy. you got to keep in mind, though, we're talking about two African-Americans here in the history of the state of Missouri, Nick. An African-American has never won statewide office. Now, we're talking about two guys— who might have a shot, but boy, it's an awfully red state these days. And I think both men would think long and hard before taking a leap like that. You, know, you, know, a, you a, would a,
2: have to yeah. raise a lot of money. You probably money. have to have about $2 million in the bank right now uh, if you were really s- serious about trying to make a run for that seat.
0: Anyone with political ambitions would salivate, of course, over the opportunity to run in a race with no incumbent to beat. There are undoubtedly scores of Missourians who looked in the mirror over the last few days and saw a U.S. senator looking back at them. By the way, among them is former Missouri Governor Eric Greitens, who resigned in disgrace in 2018. Is it possible he can recover from a sexual misconduct scandal and become Missouri's next senator, Dave?
4: Yes, it's possible. Uh, It's not AT THIS POINT, LIKELY, BUT IT'S CERTAINLY POSSIBLE, AND IT'S MORE POSSIBLE, NICK, IF THERE ARE LOTS OF CANDIDATES IN THE REPUBLICAN PRIMARY. IF YOU GET TWO OR THREE CANDIDATES, GREYTON'S PROBLEMS WOULD BE PROBABLY TOO MUCH TO OVERCOME. BUT IF YOU HAVE A FIELD WITH SIX OR SEVEN WELL-FINANCED CANDIDATES, A COUPLE OF MEMBERS OF CONGRESS, ERIC GREYTON'S, MAYBE JOHN BRUNNER, WHO HAS RUN FOR THE SEAT BEFORE, uh, you, you could see it in Eric Greitens winning with 15 or 16 percent of, of the vote. It's very similar to what happened to the Chris Kobach argument in Kansas when he ran statewide. Let me just back up a little bit and talk about the Democrats. I do think that their fear is that Greitens would be the nominee and they would not have the Democrats an effective opponent to him. That's why there's so much chatter on the Democratic side to come up with somebody that could run in that race against the chance that Greitens would be the nominee. That's probably the only way the Democrats would have a chance uh, for that seat in 2022. And by the way, just one other quick note, RUNNING FOR STATEWIDE OFFICE IS SO HARD. PEOPLE HAVE NO IDEA, WHEN WE TALK ABOUT SLY JAMES OR QUENTIN Lucas OR ANYONE ELSE RUNNING FOR THAT JOB, THAT'S TWO YEARS AWAY FROM HOME, TRAVELING EVERY WEEKEND TO REMOTE AREAS OF THE STATE, RAISING LOTS OF MONEY, AND IF YOU'RE A DEMOCRAT, YOU'VE GOT TO BE THINKING, AND I'M GOING TO LOSE. Why would I do all of that for two years for a chance to lose? So I think it's going to be hard to find a quality candidate. The only concern is if Eric Greitens is on the Republicans. Can't.
1: Yeah, it is a hard sell for a Democrat after seeing some of our recent elections and what the results have been to devote that much time and that much of your life to running. But um, to go back to what Dave said, I do think that if Greitens is officially in the race, we would see a similar dynamic to what we saw in 2020 in the GOP primary with Chris Kobach, Roger Marshall, other folks, where you saw a lot of Republicans, Republican super PACs getting involved in spending against Kobach because they so badly did not want him to be the nominee. That's, I think, what we would see in Missouri if Brighton's is in.
0: Surprising to me is the number of well-known names who have said absolutely no, they're not going to run. Jason Kander, who came close to unseating Blunt in 2016, says he's no interest. Former Missouri Senator Claire McCaskill wants nothing to do with elected politics again. Missouri Governor Mike Parson has said no. And Missouri Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft has also declined to run. Open Senate seats come up so rarely. What is their reluctance then, Eric? Eric? to say no so swiftly without saying, I have to think about this and talk to my family?
2: Uh, It's like Dave said earlier, running statewide is very taxing. And I think that, uh, you know, I heard Senator, former Senator McCaskill say that uh, she feels guilty almost just being so happy to just walk (laughs) around the house and sit around and do (laughs) nothing. She feels guilty in being able to do that. But one name that hasn't come up And i don't know if he's trying to put anything together it's jay nixon jay nixon had a democratic uh seat in a republican state too so i'm wondering why his name isn't coming up you know jason kander had the medical issues i could see that but uh jay nixon nobody's mentioned his name
0: he is saying he's contemplating it but is he uh, too much of a has-been at this point in missouri politics steve well, oh, I don't think so. I, I
3: think if Jay Nixon were to take a serious look and wanted to do this, uh, he would get very serious consideration. He might be a shoe in for the Democratic nomination, Nick. Keep in mind, he ran for the U.S. Senate once before, back in 1994 or 8 or something like that, against Jack Danforth. He got crushed in that race. But it does suggest that he has interest in a seat like this. The other name we're not hearing much about is Dave HELLING, who looks in the mirror every morning and sees a U.S. <laughs> senator. Well, oh, put that on the record. I think yeah.
4: I would have to live in Missouri, which would be the first thing. Stop and you. Let Wouldn't me just stop say you. quickly about Jay Nixon, if I can. He's got a problem with Ferguson. His reaction to Ferguson is a problem for him in the Democratic Party. I think there is great. That, that's more. That's
0: more of a problem than Eric Greitens and the sexual misconduct allegations. Well, if
4: we if we, if we saw Greitens against Nixon, that would be a fascinating race to cover. There's no question about it because both would be deeply wounded. But uh, I don't. I think the Democrats might overlook. FERGUSON BUT HE WOULD NEED HUGE TURNOUT TO HAVE A CHANCE AGAINST ANY REPUBLICAN AND I THINK THE ANGER IN THE AFRICAN-AMERICAN COMMUNITY AGAINST JAY NIXON WHICH BY THE WAY HAS BEEN AROUND FOR DECADES MIGHT MAKE THAT HUGE TURNOUT DIFFICULT IN 2022 AND HE MIGHT LOSE AND ON THAT BASIS HE MIGHT NOT RUN SO UH YOU KNOW WE'RE IN FOR A FASCINATING TWO YEARS NICK THERE'S NO QUESTION ABOUT
0: it. While WE WERE IN OUR MEMBERSHIP DRIVE OVER THE LAST FEW WEEKS THERE WAS SOME BIG NEWS STORIES WE MISSED AND THAT'S NOT JUST A STRING OF HIGH-PROFILE DEPARTURES AT KU HOW ABOUT A STRING OF HIGH-PROFILE dep- Departures FROM DOWNTOWN THE ALAMO DRAFT HOUSE ANNOUNCING IT'S PERMANENTLY CLOSING SO THERE'S NO LONGER ANYWHERE YOU CAN WATCH A MOVIE DOWNTOWN AND THE BIGGER QUESTION WHAT HAPPENS TO KANSAS CITY'S NEWEST SKYSCRAPER AS WOODELL AND Reed PULLS OUT OF ITS NEW HEADQUARTERS BUILDING THE 18 STORY OFFICE TOWER IS STILL UNDER CONSTRUCTION I'VE NOT HEARD ANYTHING ABOUT THIS SINCE HAS SOMEONE ELSE AGREED TO MOVE IN CAT
1: No, we haven't heard of any tenants. The last we've heard is that there is a contract in place. Obviously, the building is going to be finished, but they will have to find a tenant. And the nature of work has changed so dramatically in the past year. People are working remotely. Uh, People realize that's an option that works. And so I think that it's trickier to find a tenant for that space than it would have been a year ago or, or before then.
0: AS TAXPAYERS THOUGH DOES IT MAKE ANY DIFFERENCE ARE WE ON THE HOOK IN ANY WAY IF uh, WARDELL AND Reed DOES NOT GO DOWN THERE AND THEY DON'T FIND SOMEBODY IMMINENTLY TO GO INTO THAT BUILDING DAVE
4: WELL THE uh, THE QUESTION OF HOW MUCH KANSAS CITY IS ON THE HOOK WILL BE ANSWERED IN THE DAYS AHEAD DEPENDING ON WHETHER THEY PUT PEOPLE IN THAT BUILDING OR NOT BECAUSE SOME OF THE subsidies that were approved by the council involved taking some of the money from those employees and putting it toward the bonds. Now, I don't think default is likely, at least at this point. But what in essence is now the case, uh, uh, Nick, is Kansas City has subsidized a speculative office building at $40 a square foot, which is 25% higher than most first-class office space, at a time when, as Kat points out accurately, people are not going into the office, Quite AS MUCH SO I THINK IT'S VERY VERY DICEY WHAT'S GOING TO HAPPEN WITH THAT STRUCTURE I DO THINK THEY'LL FINISH IT I DO THINK THEY'LL LOOK FOR PEOPLE BUT LOOK FOR STORIES ABOUT THE PROBLEMS in PAYING OFF THE yes. DEBT AND THE AND THE
0: SUBSIDIES FOR THAT IN THE MONTHS AHEAD ERIC I SEE THAT THE MAYOR THOUGH IS DOWNPLAYING THE MOVE HE SAYS QUOTE TENANT CHANGES HAPPEN ALL THE TIME THERE ARE MANY COMPANIES LOOKING FOR HIGH-END OFFICE SPACE IS HE RIGHT
2: Yeah, but luring them into downtown Kansas City is a whole nother conversation, even with the housing boom, if you want to call it that, that they have uh, in downtown Kansas City. I think it's going to be hard finding somebody to uproot and move. Can, can I, you know,
4: imagine if you're a business owner, Nick, and you want to move into new office space, and somebody comes to you and says, Hey, come into this new building at 14th in Baltimore at $40 a foot. You're going to turn around and say, You've got to have somebody. I want $25 a square foot because otherwise it's empty. And so the financing of it is going to change
0: dramatically, and we need to really pay attention to that. You know, many of us right now are checking the mailbox or our bank balances to see if the government has sent us our stimulus money. We're not the only ones. Our local Local CITIES ARE CHECKING TOO KANSAS CITY IS GETTING A LOT MORE MONEY THAN IT ANTICIPATED MAYOR LUCAS SAYS THE CITY WILL GET 195 MILLION DOLLARS THE BUDGET HOLE IN THE CITY IS 70 MILLION SO DOES THAT SOLVE ALL OF THE DEMANDS STEVE TO CUT BACK INCLUDING SLASHING FUNDING TO THE ZOO STARLIGHT ARTS KC THE FILM OFFICE THE BLOCK ARCHIVES
3: WELL THIS IS MANA FROM HEAVEN FOR MAYOR LUCAS AND NICK AND I HAVEN'T HEARD AN OFFICIAL DECISION ON WHETHER THOSE CUTS THAT WERE SCHEDULED FOR THOSE ORGANIZATIONS will be restored, but I got to believe they're going to be, because as you point out, the budget hole was 70 million bucks. They got almost $200 million from the feds here. That solves a lot of problems and, and shores up a lot of budget holes for Mayor Quentin Lucas. Can't.
1: Yeah, so the first focus is going to be using the money to fund COVID-19 vaccination centers and then also to replenish cash reserves because the city had to spend a lot of money on COVID-19 costs before it received any federal funding. Keep in mind, previously, we didn't meet the population threshold to get federal aid. So this is our our first big package that we're seeing really for the city, um, at least the first package of this size rather. Um, So I think we'll see the money being used that way. And he, HE SAID, THE MAYOR SAID THAT THE CITY COUNCIL IS GOING TO MOVE FORWARD WITH THE CURRENT BUDGET THAT REFLECTS our, OUR CURRENT FISCAL SITUATION BECAUSE WE HAVE NOT RECEIVED THIS MONEY YET. DOWN THE ROAD WE COULD SEE SOME OF THE FUNDING RESTORED. but. Also, we're just not out of this crisis yet. The costs of this are not going to end this year. So I don't think there will be a rush to spend all of this money uh, as quickly as possible.
0: And all of the cities, by the way, in the entire metro getting lots of money. Overland Park, for instance, getting $20 million. Dave, the state gets billions of dollars. Um, the fights are happening right now i see in kansas in the legislature they want to use it for a tax cut there's a pushback on that that this money can't be spent on a tax cut but there are very loose rules as to where this money can go right it not only loose but not completely clear
4: yet if you talk to officials they say we're not sure what we can spend it on not spend it on they're waiting for guidance from washington but there's no question it's good news for kansas city kansas missouri other states. Um, uh, But the political pressure, Nick, will be enormous to spend money on things like the zoo or raises for firefighters. Because when you get $200 million from Washington, what's a $1 million for the zoo or $500,000 for some improvement in some other part of the city? So I think there will be some nickel and diming going on, and it'll be interesting and difficult for the mayor to hold that back and say, no, we need to put some money in the bank and be careful about how we
0: spend this windfall. But but are places like the Jazz Museum and the Black Archives getting uh, salivating over this money, Eric?
2: THEY they PROBABLY WILL IT'LL PROBABLY HELP THEIR BOTTOM LINE BUDGET uh, WHERE THEY WERE TRYING TO JUGGLE MONEY AROUND THROUGH DONATIONS TO COVER THE COST FROM THE uh, CITY CUTTING THEIR BUDGET SO IT SHOULD BE OKAY FOR THEM AS WELL BUT THAT'S A LOT OF MONEY AND I'M SURE IT'LL GO TO GOOD USE
0: WHEN YOU PUT A PROGRAM LIKE THIS TOGETHER EVERY WEEK YOU CAN'T GET TO EVERYTHING HAPPENING IN KANSAS CITY WHAT WAS THE BIG STORY WE MISSED a paradeless St. Patrick's Day, almost Leavenworth, the only local city hosting its own parade. A top Kansas politician in big trouble, driving the wrong way down I-70 for almost 10 minutes. Senate Majority Leader Gene Selentrop arrested on suspicion of driving under the influence. What happens to the homeless now? Kansas City closing its Bartle Hall warming center. Still no final decision on how Kansas City should honor Dr. Martin Luther King, but a groundbreaking this week for a destination playground in long-overlooked Martin Luther King Park. It's being funded by a foundation set up by Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes. After a quarter of a century at Oak Park Mall, the Disney store shutting its doors for good on Tuesday. And let's not kid ourselves. Is filling out a bracket one of the top stories for many Kansas Cityans this week? March Madness underway in Indianapolis. Eric Wesson was it one of those stories or something completely different?
2: Something completely different. We had the collapse of a building down on uh, 18th Street, the Hits Building, House of Hits, used to be a record store back in 1920. It collapsed. Uh, Councilwoman Robinson tried uh, several times to get money to secure that building and stabilize it. As a part of the 27 million that was allotted to 18th Divine. So I'm going to say the city's non response to fixing these buildings down here that are about to fall in. I'm just glad nobody was walking down the sidewalk when it collapsed.
0: Now the city has money to fix up things like that.
2: They had it all along. Whenever they want to find some money, they can find it. They just look in a different drawer or a different pocket. Kath Reid.
1: Well, I'll start with a tip of the cap to my fellow fellow Irish person Michael Mahoney for his work on paradeless St. Patrick's Day. But mine is going to be something completely different as well, which is the closing of the Bartle Hall Warming Center this week, which was a, a huge thing for for houseless people in our community. And we've seen a lot of conflict with that, but we've also seen a lot of agencies working together. So I'm interested to see the solutions that come out of that moving forward. So maybe more long long TERM SOLUTIONS AND I'M ALSO WONDERING WHAT'S GOING TO HAPPEN TO THESE PEOPLE I KNOW THEY'VE BEEN IN TOUCH WITH SOCIAL WORKERS THE CITY HAS SENT THEM THERE TO TRY AND FIND HOUSING FOR PEOPLE BUT IT'S, it's A BIG POPULATION AND THAT PROBLEM IS NOT GOING AWAY
0: STEVE KRASKE
3: I think the ongoing inability, Nick, for local officials on both sides of the metro to really figure out a way to get vaccinations to poor Missourians and poor Kansans. I know steps have been taken, but a lot of folks are really struggling with that question, and the lack of answers on this front remains pretty troubling. Dave Helling. Two things. I didn't know Mike Mahoney was Irish. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's, that's news to me.
4: <laughs> and second... <laughs> SECOND, THE UNIVERSITY OF MISSOURI-KANSAS CITY THIS WEEK WILL ANNOUNCE A MAJOR RESTRUCTURING OF ITS PROGRAMS. Uh, THE GOOD NEWS FOR BROTHER KRASKE AND HIS COLLEAGUES IS IT DOES NOT APPEAR THERE WILL BE MASS LAYOFFS OF ANY KIND OF FACULTY, AND THERE WON'T BE MAJOR TUITION INCREASES. THERE WILL BE A RESTRUCTURING OF SOME DEGREE PROGRAMS, AND SOME PROGRAMS, INCLUDING SOME MASTER'S DEGREES, WILL BE DROPPED. AND THAT'S HAPPENING, THOUGH, IN UNIVERSITIES ALL AROUND OUR REGION, THOUGH. Correct. And we had a chance to talk with the officials at UMKC, Nick. They said they've weathered COVID fairly well, but they need to take these steps to position themselves for the, uh, for the next 10 to 20 years. The good news is they're not going to go in and really lay off a lot of teachers as some schools
0: have talked about and on that we will say our week has been reviewed connecting with us on the big screen this half hour Kat reed from 41 action news and eric wesson from the call the stars dave helling and keeping you up to date weekdays at nine weekdays on kcurfm steve kraski and i'm nick haynes from all of us here at kansas city pbs keep calm and carry on